Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. This is um, different to our usual uh, scheduled recording for a Monday. Um, but as always, I'm Charlie and I'm hosting this episode and I'm delighted to be joined by Jack. No Calvin. Um, Calvin's busy at work uh, marking exams. So just the two of us as, as, um, as it was on Thursday. So Jack, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It feels weird not to be moaning about the Hibs after the weekend, eh? So, um, yeah, it feels a bit weird now that we've not got Hibs um, to keep us excited over the weekend. But, um, yeah, it's good to be back on the pod and obviously a special episode today as well. Yeah, as Jack said there, we've got a special um, podcast episode. You can probably see behind Jack's uh, image there on as his wee um, picture. We're, we're doing a wee women's special today. Um, so we thought it'd be great as we've been pretty much the only Hibs podcast to do a weekly review of the women's team, to do a full season review and uh, give our thoughts on the season. And um, we've got a special wee uh, tier maker thing where we'll go through each player who's played for Hibs this year um, and we'll rank them um, as a season review. So, Jack, I'll just hand over to you, mate. Um, we'll, we'll sort of start by looking at the the competitions as a whole. So, um what 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 cup are we starting with? So we'll start off, um, I think, with the league itself, the SWPL one, um, and obviously we came fourth this season on forty three points, which you know, in my opinion, isn't really that bad considering it was meant to be a transitional season, and we only really scraped fourth last season. Last season we had to wait up, right up until the last minute in the Heart Spartans game to find out whether they'd be coming fourth or not. Whilst this season we sort of more or less romped our way to fourth. It sort of cemented that best of rest status. Obviously, you've got the three Glasgow clubs and then everybody else. Um, so, to so solidly come fourth, I think, was not bad at all. Obviously, the league campaign had its ups and downs. Um, I'd say there was significantly more ups than there was in the men's league campaign this season, to say the least. You know, I think a complete set of derby results, three, three wins out of three in the Edinburgh derby. Um, competitive against Celtic, who bear in mind, um, I know... I know we didn't beat them this season, but competitive against Celtic, um, uh, beat Spartans, which is something that we sort of struggled to come by, results against Spartans last season. Um, we've got good results against teams like Aberdeen, uh, Hamilton. Then you sort of cross over to that, and we struggled against Partick Thistle, of course. Um, we struggled to win against Easter. I thought we were good at Easter, but we sort of... There were always tight games, which you didn't really expect out of Partick Thistle. Um, and then, obviously, we failed to beat Rangers or Glasgow City. We lost every game we played against Rangers. Of course, that's not a surprise. Rangers romped their way to the league this season. Obviously, they had that invincible season, Rangers. But um, I think, all in all, a really, really good league campaign. Um, and one that we can't really have many complaints about at all. Obviously, it's a shame that if we maybe picked up a few more results against the sort of lower teams like when we drew that game Hamilton, when we lost mm-hmm. to Partick, when we lost to Spartans, when we lost to Aberdeen, if we'd maybe picked up points in those games, would the battle for third have been a bit closer? Probably, but like I say, considering it was meant to be a transitional season, we've not done badly at all, really. And like I said, a really solid, good league campaign, building that platform of consistency, which I think is what it was all about this season. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think, um, I think you've summed that up pretty nicely. I think the only thing I would say is that... Um, Obviously, like the games that you mentioned, the Hamiltons, um, the Aberdeens, the Spartans, you know, games that Hibs really should be should be winning every game that you play against Hamilton or Partick. I think that was my, and obviously the 
the disappointing defeat to Spartans. I think that was that's probably the only and obviously getting beat five 0 off Rangers and four 0 off Celtic, like they're they're not to sound too negative, but in recent memory we wouldn't have been getting beat five 0 off Rangers. But I think that's because they are, you know, they're obviously streets ahead in terms of they're a full time team. We are not. Um so uh, yeah, I think fourth fourth is fair on reflection of the season. I think um would have liked to have seen the gap between us and third be a little bit tighter. But I think I think as Dean's Dean said and Joel said in our wee postseason video, it was a transitional season. Um and we'll obviously look to bridge that gap next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think also like the Rangers defeat, I think five 0 Rangers, you've got to remember we had like a really young squad yeah. out. I mean, effective we don't have a reserve team as such. But it was effectively playing the reserves. We I mean, had players in and that wouldn't normally be in and around the squad because we had to out of necessity because injuries and suspensions. We had two suspensions and quite a few injuries on that day. And considering it was nil-nil up until a point and then Rangers yeah. just sort of wears, wears out, it wasn't that bad on reflection. But yeah, I agree with you, mate. Obviously, it, it, as we'll come on to when we look at another stat, we weren't actually by numbers that far off Celtic. I know no, they, they actually not. had a big points gap. But when you look at some of the stats and some of the numbers, Celtic, we weren't that far off Celtic. So I think it's, we're in the right, this season's moving in the right direction. Obviously, it wasn't quite where we want to be. Um, it wasn't quite with the standards that Dean himself and the players had set, but we still did pretty well in the league. And like I said, I'm not really complaining before. No, me too. I think, bet, well, it's probably, if you look at Glasgow City, Celtic Rangers, you know, a lot of money, a lot of money there as it is in the men's game. And I think um, I'll take fourth, but obviously hoping to to build on that next year. So, so Jack, I don't know if you if you want to move into the the League Cup next or the Scottish yeah, Cup or go for the League Cup next, mate. Cup. So obviously uh, the League Cup we started off in a group stages. Obviously a group consisted of Kilmarnock, um, Stirling University, Dundee United, and Forfar Farmington. Forfar Farmington had to withdraw because they went bust and had to withdraw from all SWPL competitions and ended up in the recreational leagues. Um, but that meant we only played three games. We'll start off, and of course our first group stage game was a four 0 win over Kelly at Volunteer Park, um, Armadale's ground, because obviously we couldn't start that ground share with Libby on that day because Libby were playing Aberdeen. Um, then went on to our next game, which was a 10-0 win over Stirling Uni, um, SWPL2 side, Stirling Uni. Um, I think that was an excellent performance, really. I remember it was obviously Calvin's first women's game as well. Um, so yeah, Calvin got a good start to watch and um, Hibs running <laughs> there. And then obviously we went up um, to Dundee and played Dundee United and came away with a 10-2 win, despite going 1-0 down. Of course, that is impressive when you look at what that Dundee United team went on to achieve this season. Obviously, winning the SWPL2 and get promoted um, and confidently as well. So after that, we drew Aberdeen in the quarterfinal, Aberdeen away. Not an easy team to play, but a Rachel Boyle double got us a 2-0 win. And then we drew Celtic in the semi-final, which I think was, you know, I, I, to be honest, I think it was the bum end of that draw. Mm. If we got if we got Glasgow City, we always tend to like up our game against Glasgow City in the Cups. And then, of course, the other team was Spartans, which on paper would have been the easiest team to play. Obviously, that's not the case. Spartans tend to be very tricky for us. But I would have preferred Spartans. Obviously, we went 1-0 up in that semi-final at um, Fourth Bank. And unfortunately, Celtic came back um and 1-2-1, one, one. but I thought that wasn't actually that bad of a performance from us in that semi-final. I think the League Cup, I knew as much as we have that history in the competition, obviously, we've 
we won it four times in a row before that, um, and we were going into this as the holders, and it sort of became our competition over the past couple of years with that dominance we've had in it. So you know, it was that that expectation was there to maybe get at least to the final. Mm. But I knew when we'd drawn that Celtic team at that point were flying. It's before they'd sort of come off the boil in the league. That when you drew that Celtic team, I thought you know it's it's going to be a big ask for us to beat them. And I think we put in a really good performance in that semi final, but it just wasn't enough unfortunately, and didn't get the rub of the green. And Celtic came out and won, and it was really really sad because obviously the history we had in the League Cup. But you just look at it and go that that's it. That showed the quality, and obviously Celtic went on and won it against Glasgow City. And what was a very tense final. Yeah. Obviously Celtic. Um, could prevent Glasgow City from a Celtic could um, get Glasgow City um, with a first trophyless season in years um, in the Scottish Cup final. So I think that shows that Celtic are a good cup side as well. So I just think it was one of those ones. It was it was quite upsetting to lose it the way we did, but at the same time I don't think it really you can complain too much. It was a great run, especially that um, group stage campaign showing how good we really can be and played some really exciting football, and then we got that great win against Aberdeen as well, which aren't an, they aren't an easy team to play away, Aberdeen. Um, and then obviously the, the sort of going through the motions in that League Cup semi as well, which was a, it was an excellent game of football, I think. Mm. It's just unfortunate that we lost, or I wasn't a neutral. If you watch that game as a neutral, yeah. it was a great game of football to watch as well, you know, because I, I think even when Celtic went 2-1 up, we were still very much in the game and we had a few chances and it wasn't like we really... We didn't deserve to lose. It's because mm-hmm. I think we would have... I think we could have and should have taken Celtic to penalties, if I'm being honest, um, or even extra or extra time at least, because I think we were, did play well enough and we just didn't get the rub of the green with some of the chances. So yeah. that was my sort of view on the League Cup campaign. It was disappointing, but again, it was a brilliant run. And in the end, we can't really, again, complain too much. No, definitely. I think it's probably the bare minimum where we expect to be um, in terms of cups, especially in the women's team being so good um, in recent memory of winning cups pretty convincingly at times and and being there year in, year out. I think, um, yeah, obviously a disappointing end to a good campaign, you know, putting 24 goals in in the group stages, that's that's good going. Um, And yeah, I thought, obviously we were at the game, the three of us at Fourth Bank, um, and first half we were really good you know and obviously came out and certainly got that early goal in the second half and and they went on to win the game but I like you say mate I was I was pretty happy with the the League Cup campaign obviously would have liked to have got to the final um but I I think um all in all a good one and and hopefully we're there and thereabouts next year too so um so Jack sum up the the Scottish Scottish Cup is that what it's yeah the Scottish Women's Cup Scottish Cup Scottish Cup yeah so obviously for us mate Scottish Cup, obviously, third round, um, 6-1 win over St Johnston, um, away to St Johnston. I think, you know, given the history we have against St Johnston in the Scottish Cup, the men, that was uh, a good bit of get it round you there. Um, <laughs> then in the fourth round, we faced eventual Championship South champions, um, got Cairn, and got a 12-0 win over them. Um, and then obviously we had that very very disappointing and what was a, it was it was actually quite heartbreaking as a supporter watching it um, live was that four two quarter final defeat to Patrick Thistle at Peters Hill Park. So I think the Scottish Cup, you know that those early stages were brilliant, especially against St Johnston. They're no mugs themselves. Obviously, ex Hibs manager Grant Scott's their manager as well, and I think St Johnston women are going to do big things next season. I could see them targeting promotion. Um, and the new look SWPL2, they'll be looking to sort of get a foothold in that and try and get up to the SWPL1. 
So against a good St John's side, a very good, confident performance against them. And um, of course, that was Rosie Livingston's first um, goal this season as well. And first goal was a full member of the first team as well. I know she'd scored last season, but she was technically still a 19s player then. So that was just sort of like, I, I don't know like, if a trial is the right word, but so obviously last season Rosie did score, but she wasn't like a full member of the first team. So it was, it was her first professional goal, if you like, as a um, mm. member of the first team squad. So that was great. And obviously, I mean, Gart Cairn, paying £7 for a Scottish Cup ticket to watch 12 goals isn't bad at all. True. Um, again, it was a really good performance on us. I mean, the way we've blown aside lower league opposition in the Cups this season is part of what made this season quite good to watch. You know, against mm. lower league teams we're putting a performance because it can be sticky for other clubs. You know, you've seen the likes of Aberdeen and Hearts struggle against lower league teams, you know, Championship and SWPL2 teams. So I think the way we were blowing them aside was fantastic so yeah. yeah that performance against Cart Cairn was brilliant um, and obviously we came on that game against Partick and I just it was not our night you know it, it, I, I think we could have played we could have played another game we could have played another full 90 I think Partick still would have won and I think it wasn't our best performance if I'm being honest but at the same time Partick were very very good that night you could tell they were out for blood this meant a lot to them um, and I think it's huge for a club of their stature. You know, it wasn't even meant to be in the league. They only got into the league because of Farfar withdrawing. Mm. That a club of their stature got to the semi-final. It's huge for them. You can't deny them it. And I think, to be honest, the Scottish Cup runs what stopped this season being a very good season for me. I think it was an, a good season, fourth in the league, semi-finals of the SWPL Cup. That the way we lost against Partick's what stopped it just sort of going that extra level and being a good, very good season for me because it was so disappointing. I think the way Celtic played against Harps in the semi-final, I think we could have beaten Celtic. And we could, we, it could be, it could have been us at Tynecastle against Glasgow City yeah. um, in a few weeks' time. And, and when you look at it like that, it does hurt that little bit more. But of course, and it hurt the girls as well because the Scottish Cup was the one they were targeting. Um, you know, after the League Cup, they were really determined in the Scottish Cup. And like I said, it just was not our night playing. I mean, playing against a very difficult team to break down in tough conditions. It was a horrible night in Glasgow mm. um, that day. So I think you can't really complain at all. Um, so that proves that, you know, we always talk about, can you do it on a cold night in Stoke? Well, <laughs> couldn't do it on a cold night in Springburn. Um, so, yeah, I think the way we went out the Scottish Cup is just what sort of put a damper on the season a bit. If we got to the semis and lost to Celtic again, or, you know, we could have even got an Edinburgh Derby semi. And one, which would have been huge, yeah. and got to that final against, and obviously it would have been an easy, it would have been a great final for our fans because obviously at Tynecastle it's Edinburgh based final, so and, and as much as it's their ground, I think Tynecastle is an excellent stadium for that sort of size of game. The way you're all just sort of compacted in and the atmosphere, so yeah, it would have been, and I think we also we've got unfinished business here from the 2019 Scottish Cup final for when we lost to Glasgow City, so it was just gutting way we went out the Scottish Cup. So I think that's what sort of took the shine off it a bit for me. I don't know what you think about the Scottish Cup run, Charlie. Yeah, the, I, th- I think um, it was obviously disappointing to to lose to Partick. And I think it was almost the first r- real test in the Cup. Like you're playing St. Johnston and Gartcairn, both lower league oppositions, and you, br- you brush them aside. Like we've done really well, um, especially the 12 now. Um, like I think that was a real marker of you know, when you play a lower league opposition, you just brush them aside, you know, and I think it was obviously frustrating. I think it was definitely, it was definitely a, a disappointing end to a cup run. Um, but yeah, like you say, it would have been nice to get further in both cups this year, but um, obviously 
if you didn't get the rub of the green, you didn't win the games. Um, so I, like I say, mate, I'm hoping, hoping next season we're, we're at least in one final. Um, two would be ideal. Win at least one cup would be nice as well. But yeah, I think I think you've summed up the season pretty nicely there, mate, in terms of league and cups. Um, so so sum up Jack for us, um, sort of some of the player stats. So I think first of all we've got we've got top goal scorer for the season for the women. Yep. So a top goal scorer this season in all competitions on 14 goals is Amy Gallagher. Um, which I was actually surprised. I went and taught this up myself. I spent hours um, last night talking all this up myself, going through every game, counting the goals for each player. But yeah, Amy Gallagher on 14 goals. I was surprised. I actually thought it'd be Colette Kavanagh. Yeah, I was. I didn't think Amy had scored that many. Yeah, it was surprising. It was surprising to me when I looked at it. Then um, second or closely behind Amy was Alexa on 12 goals. I think that was good for Alexa. I think Alexa went through that barren patch, obviously, mm. um, with the goals where you thought is. This sort of, you know, I I was sort of thinking, is she going to be like a sort of Kevin Nisbet figure, where she comes in with a lot of hype, starts off well, and then comes off the boil? Yeah. But no, she came back, and I think a lot. What's interesting about Alexa is Alexa. By the way, I was counting it. Now, this isn't accurate, but it looks like Alexa was our top league goal scorer as well. Hmm. Um. By the way, I was counting it. Now, obviously, I wasn't like properly looking because that would have been too much maths at, <laughs> at that late at night. But I think Alexa's our top league goal scorer, so Alexa on 12 goals. And then third, we've got Colette Kavanagh, Ailey Adams, and Mickey McElhone all tied on 11 goals. Which I think for Mickey and Ailey, both yeah. had pretty serious injuries. Obviously, Mickey had to get an operation done on her knee, and Ailey had that very serious injury to her ankle at Tynecastle in the derby. So I think for Ailey and Mickey, having 11 goals um, each is not too bad at all. Yeah, um, and Cav, I knew Cav would be on the top goal scorer yeah. once before I even had it. I don't mean if you want to go past those two, which again, it's not bad considering she's had to go off um, on maternity. Well, we're going to call it maternity leave. I mean, I know that's when once you've had the burn, but you know what I mean. Rachel Boyle, um, obviously pregnant again, um, which is brilliant news for the family as well. I just like to say, but um, Rachel Boyle um, is the top goal scorer after that top three with eight. So what it shows is we actually have goals coming from all over the pitch as well. Yeah. Um, which is good that it's something that I think we could only really hope for at the men's team. But yeah, we're getting goals. I mean, there's not many players that didn't actually score goals. Yeah, um, that's true. I think it's brilliant. Um, obviously, you know, outside the goalkeepers, but goalkeepers don't score. Um, although I was begging against Gart Cairn that Gabby would go <laughs> and Mark Oxley because one, one, the way their keeper was like coming out, I thought you could do it. And the wind conditions were right for it as well. But no, so I think those player stats tell you that we've, Amy Gallagher um, has been brilliant for us this season. She really, she really has been. You know, I, I think for me, Amy Gallagher can go a bit under the radar sometimes because obviously we've been looking at Alexa rightly. So Alexa was fantastic for us this season, and Ailey again because obviously Ailey is a young player and as a Hibs fan, she's been fantastic as well and building on our breakthrough season last season. So I think. Amy goes under the radar a bit, but it just goes to show how key as Amy really is. And I'm really, really hoping um, that the Scotland coaching staff are looking at that because she deserves a Scotland call-up. She was putting in those numbers for Celtic or Rangers or Glasgow City or a team down south. She'd be in that Scotland squad, no questions asked, and she'd be starting. Mm. So I really think Amy deserves it. And if you look at it individually, I know we're sort of looking at this as a team thing for this season. If you look at it individually... Amy Gallagher's been one of our best players this season, yeah. hands down. And those those goal scoring stats just don't lie. 
yeah. at all. So yeah, I, I think it's really, really interesting because I think like you were saying, you and me were having a chat about it and you really expected it to be Carver or yeah. Alexa. There we are. So I 14 goals, not too bad for um not too bad for this season. Top goals were getting 14, you know. The men men team could only dream of that this year. Um so Jack, what about the other end of the pitch? Um how how many clean sheets did um Emily and Gabby keep? So obviously Gabby, first of all, um Gabby English kept 12 clean sheets across all competitions, which is not bad at all. Um I think obviously there was a lot of games where we were dominating and we lost a few, few frustrating goals. I, I think you know that's that that that's something that just happens. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a few games I've been was like, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to win seven one, but we would have rather it be seven nil. Yeah. You know, I, I I think so. I agree with that there. But yeah, twelve clean sheets for Gabby's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Emily Much, our other goalkeeper, she got three clean sheets. Which again, considering Emily didn't actually play that many games this season, that's not a bad if you look at it in terms of. Games to clean sheets. Emily actually um, is the better of the two in terms of keeping the clean sheets, which is which is not bad at all for a young goalkeeper. Asking her to step up in the games that she did step up um, is fantastic. Also, she kept a clean sheet when we finally beat Partick away um, mm. to an all. And even although she didn't keep a clean sheet in the derby, I just think it was it was amazing. You know, I think any Hibs goalkeeper that saves a penalty at Tynecastle, cult hero status. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, so I think yeah, both Emily and Gabby both actually were consistent between the sticks when they did play, yeah. and um, I think those numbers don't lie there. Especially when you look at em- uh, Emily's clean sheets to games ratio, that is a very very good number to have. Yeah, totally. And fifteen clean sheets in a season a month for the two of them—that's good numbers, mate. Um, exactly. Yeah, lo- hopefully we build on that next year, um, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think having Having two solid keepers, not a bad option to have at a club. Um, so before we move into the the sort of tier maker system, um, we're just going to look quickly at like go, total goals scored and um, percentages in terms of win and uh, what our XG was over the league. So Jack, we've scored a fair few goals this year by the sounds of it. So how many goals in total in all competitions did Hibs women score this year? So across all competitions in total, we scored 93 goals, which is amazing. I think if you look at that, if you add up um, Hibs men's goals last season and this season, you're sort of struggling to beat that. So <laughs> I, I think it, it tells you all you need to know. This season, goal scoring has been one of our sort of best attributes, if you like. I thought I don't think a lot of people maybe realise that, but we are a high-scoring team. Yeah. Um, and we're, again, we're not that far off Celtic in terms of numbers. And that's why I'm saying, if you look at the numbers, we, we we're realistically only a, only a few results off um, equally and even jumping Celtic into third. You know, if we got a few results here and there, we could have jumped Celtic into third on goal difference. So I think it just go, goes to show. So yeah, that 93 goal score is just amazing. you know, And it shows you how much attacking talent we had in the team yeah. um, and how good our attacking play was. You know, so our total goals conceded was 41, which is only, that's only um, one, I think that's only like one one less than the men's team. Our men's team actually conceded one more. So if you look at actually similar defensively, I think defence-wise, we've been good this season. Obviously, it's maybe not as good as we would have liked in some mm. games, but I think defensively, we've been relatively solid this season. Of course, we're relying on that good old um, back line of Joel, Shiv, um, 
And of course, you've got your other defenders there, like Ellis, who obviously deservedly won Player of the Year, yeah. Leah as well. So I think we're very, very strong in defence. Well, and that just shows you um, that is that we've got a solid defence, but definitely 93 goals scored, 41 conceded across all competitions is good, if you ask me. It's very good. Yeah, that's a that's a solid goal scored ratio and goals conceded like very very good going forward. Decent defensively, like you say, mate. Would obviously like to have conceded less. I think Dean would have Dean would probably say as well. Like I don't think it, he would be happy um, with conceding forty over the course of the season. But you know these, you know, it's, you're not going to go through a season without conceding goals. So to only have conceded forty one over a season is decent. Um, so I think next will be the XG Jack. So over the the course of the league season, I think try to find that in the over the all competitions would have been difficult. But what yeah. was our expected goals per game in the league? So our expected goals um, per game in the league was 0.96, um, which is not bad at all. Um, I think again Celtic were only sitting on about 1.02. So. I think if you look at it like that, again, and this is why I'm saying about the numbers, by numbers, we weren't that far off Celtic at mm. all. So I think that just goes to show it was results more than our sort of scoring performances that were causing this yeah. sort of lagging behind third that we did. So I think 0.96 is not bad at all in terms of an XG. And I just want to throw in there, obviously, um, for anybody wondering, our sort of biggest defeats and um, wins this season. So it's our biggest win um, on... All competitions was 12-0 against Cart Cairn in that Scottish Cup game. Then our biggest defeat in all across all competitions was a 5-0 loss to Rangers, that 5-0 loss to Rangers. Then our biggest league win was 7-1 against Motherwell. So, and again, biggest league defeat, 5-0 to Rangers. Yeah. So I, I think you look at that again, that, that's that's pretty good as well. And then um, our largest attendance was the 5,500 at the Women's Edinburgh Derby. And that was our largest attendance this season as well because I didn't get any numbers um, for the away attendance against Parkhead. No no official attendance was released for that, but I don't think that even beat the Edinburgh Derby. I think it was only about 3,000 at Parkhead um, or just over it. So I think that shows you um, development in the women's game as well, which is an yeah. amazing night that the club put on. So yeah, just over 5,500. And uh, what was what was our um, total win percentage for the season, Jack? And our total win percentage finally, before we move on to the tier maker, was... 54% across all competitions, which is brilliant. And what I've got to say is, obviously, I think people would have seen on social media posts that Dean had these fair few critics, the um, people that used to come on just about after every loss, jumping on his back, which I think was wrong. Um, to be honest, you know, a lot of these, I'm not going to name names, but it was just about every time we lost or dropped points, there was the same people coming on, oh, Dean's doing this, Dean's doing that. that that's a 54% win percentage. That's better than... That's better than any of the men's managers recently, yeah. really. Um, and I think it's good for Dean. That's a brilliant percentage for Dean to have. I mm. think, and this that shows how this season's better than it maybe looks on paper. And I I, I think that's fantastic. We've won we won over half our games. Yes. Yeah. No, is for sure. It's, 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 it's a great number. It's a great number, and I'm I'm really really happy um, for Dean and the team that they got that. And I think it shows you that we were better than a lot of people thought we were this season. Yeah. And the fact that we are not, as a squad and as a manager, Dean and the girls are going, well, we need to go even better than that next season. Shows the ambition now. Obviously, he's got some some um, way to go um, if he wants to beat Grant Scott. Obviously, Grant Scott's win percentage this final season was 79.8%. Um, bearing in mind, he did have the Champions League as an extra competition as well. 
But I think, yeah, I, I think we could potentially be there next season or in and about it with the sort of progress we're making. But it shows you that I think as a squad and Dean individually as a manager did a lot better than a lot of the critics were saying they were. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I that um that sort of sums up the sums up the season. Um, after the tier maker, we'll do a wee season highlight, um, both of us. But um, I. So we'll be back in two seconds with the tier maker. So as you can see on the screen, uh, we've got all listed players who have been part of the first team squad for Hibs Women this year, and we're going to go through them individually, and uh, we'll rate them from poor all the way up to player of the year. Um, and obviously, we'll both have our own opinion on each player, and we'll come to a collective agreement. So, Jack, we'll start at the top left, and uh, who have we got to first? Who have we got first? So we got um, Adi Handley first, who made a grand total of zero appearances this <laughs> season before um, going to the other side of the town to Gorgate um, to play for the Herps. Um, um, she's actually been quite good for them ever since um, she left us, but. Yeah, I, I think we know where Addy's going to go, given that she didn't play any games. But, um, Charlie, I'll, I'll let you say it instead of me. It's probably a poor season all round, isn't it? I think, um, and that's probably, that. I think what I would like to say on that is that's nothing to, that's nothing to do with Addy's ability as a footballer. I think um, just the fact that she played zero games and has outplayed for Hearts by default, that puts you in the poor category. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you, go, you go to the Hearts, it's... That's it, 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 cardinal sin. You're yeah, done. Absolutely. Uh, I think the thing with Addy is, is she was brought in last season when we had a lot of injuries, and I just don't think she was brought in. Like, there was a big bunch of players we brought in yeah. that never really did anything for us. So Chelsea McLennigan, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah, I can't remember the girl's name, Hannah something. I think it was Hannah Scott. Yeah. Um, and Addy, and these are players that I just think were sort of I don't want to say panic buys. But they were brought in as emergency sort of counterbalances to the, basically we the last, we didn't have a bench essentially last season because of all the injuries we had um, and COVID and everything like that. So I think to be honest, Addy was never a player that was going to do that well for us in the first place. Mm. Um, and that again, that's not a slight on her as a footballer. I think that's just the realities of the squad and everything like that. And obviously, yeah, she just yeah she she was never going to make it and. Um, She's went to the Herps and she's been quite decent for them. I think that's her level, really. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, obviously, frustrating um, frustrating that she's now playing for Hearts. But, um, yeah, like we say, it's not a it's not a slight on our footballing ability by any stretch. So, Jack, who have we got next? So, we've got our American, Captain America, our second top goal scorer in all competitions this season, Alexa Coyle. Of course, Alexa came over from our university team in America college team Montana State University um, with a lot of promise she'd done well in the college season and um, she, like I said over the course of the we review we did there Alexa's been one of our best players this season so personally I'd put her in the good category because I don't I don't think she was quite at player of the year for me because I think she had that little sort of spell where she struggled with the goals and Sometimes she could be a bit frustrating and a bit of an easy target for defenders, which is nothing against her. I think that's just the fact that that's the Scottish game, a bit different from the American game. So I'd put Alexa in the good category because she would have needed to score a few more goals for me to get put into player of the year. But Alexa was fantastic. Of course, two derby goals, um, one in the 3-0 win at Easter Road and then one in the 4-1 win at uh, Tony Mack. 
So yeah, overall, I think Alex had a spectacular season and um, very much earned the title of Captain America and better than a certain other American that um, had a more uh, forgetful time, if you like, at Easter Road, um, Chris Muir. Yes, that's very true. Um, I'd agree, mate. I think good. I think um, it's a good first season um, and we'll, we'll hopefully see our improve on our, our you know, 12 goals in your first season for a club's decent. Um, so I were hoping to see more of that next year and, and potentially even more goals. So I, I would agree, good. So next we have Amy Gallagher. Um, so again, our top, our top goal scorer, um, Amy G. Fantastic season from her, simply put. Um, how she wasn't nominated for any awards at a national level how she wasn't called up into the Scotland squad after the season she's had is beyond me. I mean, 14 goals across all competitions is nothing to be sniffed at at all. And like I said earlier, if she'd done that at a Celtic or a Rangers or a Glasgow City or for an English team or in Europe, she would have been in that Scotland squad and starting, no questions asked. And Amy, every game she puts in a shift. Um, this season, she was one of our most consistent players attacking-wise in terms of her goal scoring and an assist as well. Now, I didn't talk up the assist because that's information that is very difficult to find. But I think Amy had a fair few assists to her name as well. So, yeah, Amy G for me has got to go into the player of the year category. Simple oh, as that. Ha- ha- hands down, oh. agreed, mate. Yeah, um, I think the one thing that's really frustrated me about uh, Amy this season is she's not should have been called up. Um, every single time there's an announcement, I think Pedro Martinez Losa forgets that Amy Gallagher's Scottish um, so it would be nice to see her um, get announced um, in a Scotland squad soon so aye 100% first player in the player of the year category yeah definitely so uh, well done Amy um, there, there you go so uh, we'll move on to the other Amy now Amy Muir I think Amy Muir again she's one of our most consistent players solid 8 out of 10 Every time she plays, obviously, unfortunately, she picked up that injury. Um, it's seen her out for quite a long time. She only came back towards the end of the season, which was really, really unfortunate for her. Um, but over the performances that Amy um, put in in the game she did play, I think she was amazing. Like I said, 8 out of 10 every week. One of our best defenders, one of the best fullbacks in the league. Of course, she got into the Scotland squad a few times yep. as well, which I think was more than deserved because um, she's been fantastic for us. And it must be about um, herbs and blonde fullbacks, because I think she's got a lot of Josh Doyle qualities <laughs> about her. Very true. Um, she's fantastic, honestly, Amy. And again, one of one of our best players, I think, and um, a player we're very lucky to have at the club. Um, been consistent ever since she joined from Rangers um, three seasons ago. So I think for me, Amy would go in the good. Uh, wait to hear your thoughts, Charlie. I think... I think I would, yeah, I think for Amy's, I think Amy would personally view it as probably a frustrating season because of her injury. I think she was playing really well up until the injury. So I, I agree, mate. I think I would probably put her in the good good category. I think, um, you know, you can't say it's been an average season for her because she's made that position her own and she's been very good every time she's played. So I definitely agree, mate. Yeah, 100%. And we'll now move on to Carla Boyce, who obviously left for Motherwell pretty early on in the season. That was due to um, not being able to fulfil travel commitments and everything like that, living out in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carla, for me, I'd put in frustrating. Yep. I wouldn't put in poor because she's still scoring. Now, bear in mind, she only made a handful of, of appearances for us this season. 
Um, she still scored. She scored against our current side, Motherwell, in the 4-0 win at the start of the season. And I think Carla, last season, she was really, really good for us. Obviously, Carla was sort of this life after Jamie Lee Napier sort of signing. Obviously, yep. she was our first striker after we'd sold Jamie Lee Napier to Chelsea. And I think Carla last season was brilliant for us. But when Alexa came in, I thought, this is the writings on the wall for Carla. I did expect her to leave. The games she did play for us earlier on this season before she left, she was all right. But again, I think it's just frustrating because we never saw enough of her. We never really seen that player that she was last season. Obviously, she um, racked up the goals last season and scored in a derby as well, the 6-0 derby win at Ainsley Park. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think for me, Carla's frustrating because she did well. Um, she was too good to be put in the poor category, but she did well. And then I thought it was just frustrating that she left her mother well because she couldn't commit to um, travelling anymore. So your thoughts on Carla, Charlie? I think you've taken the words out of my mouth, mate. Um, I think, yeah, frustrating season for her, I think, purely on the fact that she couldn't fulfil the the travel commitments. Um, but I, not obviously, would have been would have liked to have seen her play more. I think, um, I think there's definitely a player there. Um, but like you say, mate, with Alexa coming in, it's going to be tough to break into that squad. So, aye, we'll go frustrating. Yeah, I think, actually, it, it, I felt for Carla, but it was always going to be tougher. And she's done well for Mother. She's been banging the goals in for Motherwell ever since she went back. So, I think that proves she is a good player. And hopefully, she sort of, Motherwell didn't have the best season. And um, hopefully, she sort of helps Motherwell out um, because they're a decent team. And I hope they do a bit better next season because they're, they're a good name in Scottish football as well. Yeah. So move on now to Colette Kavanagh, um, or as we've <laughs> nicknamed her now, the Ginger Ronaldinho, um, which I have it on good authority that Cav loves, which I wouldn't if I were her. But anyway, um, Cav, I mean, Cav's been outstanding for us, let's be honest. Another player that I'm sort of amazed didn't really get a chance in the Scotland squad alongside MAG. Every game, Cav is always bringing that flair onto the pitch. She's direct. She's Loves to do the skills, knocking it past players. What I say, she's like Jasper, but with the end product, mm. basically. You know, with the skills and everything. At least she can score at the end of it. Um, and as you've seen, she's a third top goal scorer across all competitions this season with 11 goals. Um, but yeah, for every game she's played, Cal's been amazing. And for me, she's just that player you need. She's got a bit of flair, got a bit of skill, cheeky on the ball, scores absolute bangers. I think just about every goal... Cav scored this season was a screamer of some sort, especially, I've got to say my favourite one was that bicycle kick against Gart Cairn in the Oh, cup. no, that was quality. That was absolute quality. It was just filth, mate. That's what, the only way to describe it, utter filth. <laughs> um, slap an 18 rating on that. But I think for, <laughs> I think for me, Cav's definitely got, into the, got to go into the player of the year category because she's got that skill, she's got that flair, and she's got the goal-scoring ability to go out. Because there's some players that have all the skill, but they... they couldn't he? I was going to use a euphemism. I was going to use a thing about scoring in a certain sort of house, but I realised that maybe wouldn't have been appropriate to say that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players that you know they 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 couldn't catch it. They couldn't um, kick my ass if I had my shut tail. <laughs> so I think you know, Cav got the end product, all that skill and all that ability and flair, and I think that's what makes her um, worthy of the player of the year category. So Charlie. I player of the year, mate, hundred percent. I think there's been there's only been a for my money there's been a there's been a few players that are that are in that category. And if Cav's not in that category, we need to, we need to stop following the women's team because she's been absolutely fantastic all season and well deserved to be in our player of the year category. 
Yeah, 100%. We know now move on to our young star and hammer of the hearts, Ailey Adams. <laughs> um, of course, Ailey, at 18 year old, is just a phenomenal player. You've got to remember that. I don't think, A, the way she conducts herself off the pitch, and B, the way she plays on the pitch, it's hard to forget, it's easy to forget, sorry, that she's um, such a young player. Yep. And she's got a big, big future. Ailey, you know, unfortunately, she had that injury um, against Tarts, which ruled her out for sort of most of the start of 2022. But before that and after that, she's just been amazing this season. And building on what was a breakout season, obviously, Grant Scott gave her a chance just towards his sort of um, end at Hibs. And then Dean um, gave her a um, breakthrough. And she's been amazing ever since. Building on last season, um, obviously, she started where she left off. Just been banging the goals away and the work rate on the pitch as well from Ailey is just outstanding. I think people forget that, you know, they look at our goal scoring exploits, which they absolutely should, you know, she's brilliant in front of goal. I think for my money, she's our best out and out striker. You've got to remember Amy G's a winger, Cal's more of an attacking midfielder, Alex Ankin some really plays a sort of second striker or a centre forward. So Ailey's our best sort of um striker and she does what you'd expect a number nine to do. To yeah. be honest, and I think yeah, Amy's been uh, Ailey, sorry, has been absolutely outstanding for us this season. Excellent young player, and the girl's got a huge future. So for my money, player of the year, simple as that. Has to be, it has to be. Yeah, it's, and also I've just got to say, scoring in every single Edinburgh derby in a season, no matter if those could have been the only three goals she'd scored all season, that puts you in player of the year. So simple <laughs> as that. You know what? Pumping the hips. It, it makes. If, uh, uh, if Addy Handley going from hips to hearts put us in the poor category, scoring three times against them definitely puts you at the other end of that category. It's spot on, Charlie. But yeah, Ailey more than deserving of that. I think, you know, she's she's an amazing young player and she's she's an amazing person as well off the pitch. So I think Ailey's been absolutely fantastic for us. And I think next season's going to be... I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Potentially a senior Scotland call-up. Mark my, my, my words. She's on a professional contract with us now potentially a senior Scotland call-up. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. Honestly, there's been players that have been put in younger than her. You know, you've got me, I think Claire Emsley and Caroline Muir got their first senior call-ups. They were about 18, 19. So you never do know. So now I, move on to the actual player of the year, Ellis well, Notley. Of there's course, no, Ellis. There's only really one only really one place that she's I mean, going. Only, we'll, just put, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just do it. We'll just do it. Right, we'll yeah, sort yeah, of explain yeah, why. <laughs> um, as well, I think Ellis has been solid for us at the back. Every single game that she's played in that sort of heart of defence role, she's been amazing, got a great amount of strength. She's also very good on the ball as well. Got a few goals in there. I think Ellis has got about four or five goals this season, which you've got to remember for a defender is not bad at all. Um, and of course, that one of those goals was a last gasp equaliser against Celtic as well. Right. So I think, yeah, Ellis, every time um, she's been needed as well to be the captain, she's stepped up. I think it's not an easy, especially when you're taking over for Joel Murray. It's just not an easy role to take on. I mean, Captain Hibs women, there's a lot that goes with that um, because of how long Joel's been the captain. Every time else has been needed to be the captain. I think sometimes the, cap, the way the captaincy sort of lent on her a little bit, but other, but she stepped up. I mean, because to be honest, it's, it's an easy thing to refuse. You could easily say, no, no, give it to Shiv or give it to another player, but she's taking it on. And I think you can see some real good leadership qualities in Ellis as well. 
And I think Solidate out of 10, I get a bit like Amy Muir, Solidate out of 10 in every game, Ellis. You know what you're going to get from her. She's dependable and a fantastic player and deservedly won the Player of the Year as well. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think she's a versatile player, um, which which helps. Um, she's played in a few positions this year, as Dean, Dean said. Um, and I think, aye, she oh, really well deserved. I think she's... I think she goes a bit under the radar as well. I don't think she gets noticed that often, which is which is what you want, I think, from your from your player of the year. I think sometimes it's nice if they don't really get all the credits, but they just do the job. Um, so I think I she's been she's been brilliant this year. Yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Um, and I do agree. She's one. It's one of our most underrated players, Ellis. I think. Um, she's not the most underrated player in the squad. We'll be on. We'll be coming on to her. Um soon, but I think Ellis definitely is one of those underrated players. So now we move on to Emily Much, of course our Tyne Castle penalty <laughs> hero and of course friend of the podcast well Emily was on the podcast about those heroics um, I've got to say for me Emily's got to go in the good category because even although she's not been our number one choice every time she's been needed to step up she's stepped up and she's done an excellent job especially at Tyne Castle because there was a few saves apart from the penalty that kept us in the game you know, when Hearts got the goal back, Emily at points really did properly keep us in the game. And like I said, I mean, if you're saving a penalty at Tynecastle, that meant they could have went level, especially their fans giving it um, tight to Siobhan as well. I, I, I think that just makes you that makes you a hero, especially mm. since she used to play for Hearts as well. And um, Hearts fans used to go, I'm not too sure about her as a goalkeeper. Well, saving a penalty at Tynecastle, uh, it, it, it makes to me it just makes you a cult hero in terms of um, Hibs. It's as simple as that. Any heroics from a goalkeeper at Tynecastle makes you a couple heroes. Like I said, I think Emily stepped up every time we've needed her. She's a great young keeper. You've got to remember, in terms of her um, development, goalkeepers don't hit their prime really until they're in their late 20s and early 30s. So Emily's still got a long way to go yet. And I think whoever comes in as our new keeper next season, obviously Gabby won't be here next season. Whoever comes in as our new keeper, I really hope Emily's competing with them because Emily's a great... Um, young keeper and I think she's got a big future and she's been brilliant for us this season every time she's needed so for me I'd put her in the good category because individually it's been good for Emily and she's had some big moments and some big saves over the course of the season Yeah I would agree mate I think um, every time I've seen her when she's played she's been good um, she's not really put a foot wrong in any of the games that that she's played I, I, can, I don't think she's made she's had, had any howlers Um so I would I would put her in the good as well. There we go. So we'll now move on to Erin Rennie. So of course we signed Erin Rennie from Motherwell, and she played a handful of games, and then decided to pull an Addy Handley and go to the Mankey Gorgie. Well, by so, de- by default, she's right at the bottom of the pile. You know, I yeah, I mean, <laughs> part not, of me wants not to based put on her. Not based on our football ability, but just playing for the mate. You've got to yeah, go. it's, it's the cardinal sin. I keep saying it's the <laughs> cardinal sin. But um, I think the thing is, Erin, for me, if she'd played a few more games, I think she would have been just good enough to go into frustrating. But I never saw enough of Erin as a player. Um, the most I can remember her doing was putting in a shocking tackle that I thought was a career ender on a Kilmarnock player and her not getting booked for it somehow, which I was really <laughs> shocked at. But yeah, that's all I ever seen her do was nearly end Alassie's career at Volunteer Park. So for me, Erin's got to go in the poor. And also, if you're going to the Hertz, 
you're, you're just you're just despicable. If you ask me, I think Erin is a good player. She was a great young player for Motherwell. She was a player I didn't really get why we signed her, but you know we must have had our reasons at the time. She's went to Hearts. She's been really, really good for Hearts. I've got she, has. she got obviously she got revenge on us for by scoring against us at Tynecastle. Ah, yeah, that's so, true. And got them right back in the game. But I think for me, she just wasn't good enough when she played for us. I didn't see much of her, so I've got to put her in the poor. Um, Aye. Aye. Charlie, your thoughts on Erin? Mm, I never seen enough of her, mate, to make a to make a judgment other than she plays now plays for Hearts, so it's un- unfortunate. But play for Hearts, you get put in the poor category. So, yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Now move on to our number one, Gabby English, and and I think for me, I'm. I've already made my mind up on this one. Now, I'm going to put Gabby in the good, and the only thing that prevents me from putting Gabby in player of the year is I think some of the games we lost, Partick in particular, were, were Gabby's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a few goalkeeper mistakes in there. We talked about it at Parkhead. I think there was certain points you could have done better at Parkhead as well. But overall, take those mistakes out of it. Gabby's been solid. But I think she kept the third most clean sheets in the league, and she made the fourth most saves as well. Um, off the top of my head, which I think those are good stats. It's as simple as that. And I think Gabby's been a really good keeper for her. Communication was excellent. The way she commanded her box. And it's sad that we're not going to have her next season because she is a really good keeper. And like I said, if it wasn't for some of those mistakes, she would have been player of the year for me. But yeah, Gabby's everything you want in a keeper. Does the basics, right? And um, I think we'll miss her personality in and around the team as well because I think she was a real sort of leader and a real sort of personality that inspired the girls and got them all hyped up and everything, which is what you want, um, really. And, yeah, I think every time Gabby played, she did what she needed to do. And um, overall, yeah, 12 clean sheets isn't bad at all. No, um, not at all. Gabby. Yeah, I would put her in good as well. I mean, I think good season. Um, like you say, I think some of the some of the defeats were probably her fault, but I think, all in all, 12 clean sheets. Yeah, ah, you've had a decent season, haven't you? Yeah. Simple as that. I completely agree, mate. So now move on to Jenna Penman. Of course, we signed Jenna in the winter window from Aberdeen due to a bit of an injury crisis. Obviously, Rachel Boyle had went off pregnant and Amy Mills injured, which means we had no cover in the right-back positions. We brought in Jenna, who'd been good for Aberdeen. Um, I think for me, you know what, I'm going to put, for me, I'm going to put Jenna in average. And I think that's just because we've never really seen a lot of her this season. Every time... She's played, though. She's looked really good. She's looked really solid when she's come off the bench and she started very, very strong, isn't afraid to get stuck in there. And um, she's good on the ball as well. And I think Jenna's going to develop into a very solid and dependable player for us next season. Obviously, we brought in Leanna Hines, who can sort of play all down that right side. But I think Jenna in the games where we maybe need to go a bit more defensive, I think Jenna will be that option. So I think next season we're going to see a lot more out of Jenna. I think she just didn't play enough games for me to go into the good category. But every time I've seen Jenna um, play, she's been solid for us. Um, I'd say a good 7 out of 10 player every game she's played. And she, she does everything you want your full-back to do, especially a sort of defensive full-back um, like Jenna. She's not really bla- blessed with pace, but she's really, really strong. Um, and like I said, one of those players just isn't afraid to get stuck in there and um, very good and very aware on the ball as well. So I definitely put Jenna in the average just because she didn't actually play that many games for me to make a judgment to say, well, she was good. But every game she did play, she she did the basics right and everything you expect out of a fullback. Yeah, I'd agree, mate. I think average is probably fair. Um, 
purely because she's only played a handful of games. Um, but like you say, mate, I think she's been, I think she's been good when I, especially when she, you know, came on at Celtic Park. I think she looked, she looked really good. I think she wanted to move with the ball and played some nice passes. And I, I, th- I think it's, it's probably fair to say it's been an average season for her, or average start to life at Hibs. But I think we'll, I think we'll see a lot more of her next season. Yeah, definitely. Now, the next one is Joel Murray, and I think this one might be a wee bit of a point of contention, <laughs> because I'd put Joel, I'd virgin on putting in Joel and good, just simply because she's our captain, she's doing everything she needs to do as a centre-half. Obviously, legs aren't what they used to be. You've got to remember, Joel's in her mid-30s, she's approaching the end of her career. You know, legs aren't what they used to be, but I still think for a player of her age, she did what she needed to do. Um, she's our captain, our leader. You know, she got a goal this season as well. Um, that was against Motherwell. And I know there's been a few knocks, a few injuries. But at the end of the day, I think Joel's a legend, a Hibs legend, our most decorated captain ever. And that's at all levels of the club. And I think this season, she proved that her age doesn't really affect her, apart from maybe being that little bit slower. I know in a few games, that sort of um, age problems have come up with her being a bit slow getting back or maybe mistiming her tackles a bit. There's been a few mistakes from Joel, but I'd still put her in the good because like I said, she's a solid, trustworthy, dependable centre half. But I think Charlie I think Charlie might disagree with me here. I think she's had an average season. Um I think every time I've seen her, I think she's I she's just been average. But I'm willing to go with your judgment because you know the women seem better than I do. But I think it's I been think a, I, can, I think it's been a pretty average season for Joel. Which I think I think age plays into that. I think age definitely does play into that. But like I said, apart from maybe the few mistakes she's made, um, which are just because of her, you know, she was never the most mobile player to begin with, Joel, when she was younger. I just think you know, age has played in her, some of her injuries. Well, has played a factor in it. But I still think she's been solid. And like I said, she, she's just been... I know this will feed into folk going about the sentiment FC thing here, but <laughs> I definitely think for me, Joel's just a Hibs legend and a Hibs... She's a proper Hibs captain. So at the end of the day, I think she still did all the basics right this season. So I'm going to put Joel in the good. I'll get the uh, judges' final vote with this one. <laughs> Aye, that's um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I definitely, I'm using my judgment there. And I definitely think Joel's had a good season. Maybe a virgin on average, but definitely still okay enough to go into good for me. So, we now move on to Katie Rice. Of course, Katie actually joined us last season, but didn't play any games. She got a few games this season, um, and then left for Motherwell at the same time as Carla, because, again, travel commitments. Yep. Um, she couldn't stick to the travel commitments or training and everything like that. And you know what? I would actually put Katie in average. Now, I know she may be verging on frustrating just because she'd never played that many games and had to go. But I think I'll put Katie in average because she was she's a good player. Um, and any time I watched her play for us, especially in the Spartans game, the first game of the season, she was brilliant. I mean, she was getting right battered in there with the tackles. And she's a bit like Jenna. And she's really, really strong, very well built, good on the ball, aware on the ball. And also Katie had a bit of pace about her and a bit of skill about her as well. And it's just a shame she left when she did because I think there was more to offer from Katie and she's been really, really good for Motherwell ever since she went back. I think arguably she's been their best player this season. So for me, I'd put Katie in average because even though she didn't play that many games and she did play, she was brilliant. 
I think definitely in that Spartans game, she was sort of the unsung hero. Um, obviously, I'm talking about the 3-0 win, first game of the season. She was the unsung hero in that game, I think. Where in terms of tackle, she was um, putting in sort of last-ditch defending and then getting the ball up the pitch and getting moves going. So I'd definitely put Katie in average. What about yourself, Charlie? I'm not sure because i never seen her play. Like, I think, obviously, I've not been to many Hibs women's game this year. Um, obviously, followed them closely, but not been to many. So I, I'm i going to go with what you say, mate. Um, unfortunately, never seen her play. But from what I've seen her at Motherwell, she's, she looks like she's a cracking player. So I will go that. If she'd had more games, I think she would have ended up in the good. So similar, if, yeah. she'd stayed, if she'd stayed this season, I think she would have been in the good category. But obviously, she left. Any time she did play, she was just she was brilliant for us. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's just a shame she had to leave, but these things can't be helped, obviously, because of the um, nature of women's football in Scotland. And Yeah, I, I, but I wish Katie all the best at Motherwell, because she's a brilliant player and she's, she's a good laugh as well. If anybody knows her, um, she was always a good laugh for the fans and everything. So, yeah, um, definitely put Katie in the average. So now move on to Kirsty Morrison. Now, Kirsty Morrison's a tough one for me. I'd put her in the average because she got a few goals this season. I think she got about four this season. I just think any... I know Kirsty's one of those sort of fringe players, you'd say. And I think she's, having a, she's had an average season for me. She's scored a few goals. She's been good when she's played. But obviously, she's on Amy G's side. So mm. it's, it's never going to... It's, that's, a, that's a tough um, act to follow, to be honest. So for me, I'd put Kirsty in average because she's played, a few, she's played quite a few games. She's scored a few goals. And she's just done what she needed to do. I'd agree, mate. Every time I've seen her, she's not looked at. Like, she's she hasn't really impacted the games that I've watched this year, I think, when she's played. So I would agree. Average. I think she's obviously scored the winner against Motherwell at Penny Cook. Um, but apart from that, like, I know she scored a few goals, but aye, I would say average. Yeah, definitely. Now move on to Leah Eddy, of course, another friend of the podcast. Um, and Leah, of course, is the only one of our Hibs players that um, actually has got any minutes for Scotland this year um, or this season. Obviously, she got on in the Pinatar Cup game against Slovakia. I think it was in her win against Slovakia. She got all of three minutes, but still, that's minutes on the pitch for Scotland. And Leah, again, building off her last season, she um, got player of the year last season. I think for me, Leah... I, I would put Leah in the good category. I wouldn't say player of the year because I, you, I'm for, to be player of the year, you've got to do something really, really special. And I think Leah's just been a typical sort of workhorse hatchet man in defence, to be honest. Um, and also she plays in that sort of holding midfield role sometimes. And Leah's just done what she's needed to do. She's had a very good season. She's a very solid, dependable player, a very, very good young player that's going to definitely do more. Um, and obviously... We got her nailed down to our contract as well, which is brilliant. I think Leah's a very one. Of, I think she's going to be one of these players. I think she's going to be like Darren McGregor, where she's going to turn into a very good club servant and mm. yet solid, dependable defender. Doesn't want to take any credit. She just does what she needs to do every game. She got herself a goal, obviously that wonder strike against Gart Cairn, um, where she just sort of booted it. I think it was just inside their half, booted it, and it went. And the Leah to this day maintained she didn't mean it. But I, I tell her this. I tell her this every time. You always say you mean it. <laughs> Every time. You always say you mean it, even if you didn't. So I think for me, Leah's just been, yeah, she's did what she's, she did what she needed to do this season. She's had a very good season, got minutes for Scotland, been called up to Scotland squad a few times, deservedly so. 
and yeah, I, I think she's been brilliant. So personally, Leah goes into the good category for me. Yeah, I would agree, mate. I think really good season for Leah. I think, um, yeah, well done for the season. Like, um, obviously, to be the only player in the team to get minutes for Scotland is, is no small feat. So, aye, really good season for Leah. So we'll put Leah in there. So we'll now move on to Shannon Leishman. And this was the player I was talking about when I was saying unsung hero and underrated player. Um, after, well, I think Ellis after, she's the most underrated player in the team, Shannon Leishman, for me. Mm. Simple as that. You know, Shannon Leishman, every single game, she puts in a shift. She isn't afraid to get stuck in there. And she's in quite a few of the games been the difference for me. Um, in terms of that, that in defence, she's got a brilliant amount of pace. She's very strong in the tackle. Scored a few goals, including a derby goal. And again, she's a big Cubs fan. If anybody knows the Leishmans, um, sure everybody knows um, Shannon's brother from Twitter as well. You know the Leishmans are massive Hibs fans. Wear their heart on their sleeves, the Hibs. And I think Shannon's, you, show, you can see that on the pitch. And of course, a derby goal as well um, at the Tony Mack um, is always a bonus for a big Hibs fan, a derby goal. So, yeah, for me, Shannon goes into a good category. She's had a good season. And for me, she's the most underrated player in the team. Yeah, I agree, mate. Every time, every time I've seen her, she's been easily a 7 or 8 out of 10. I think um, definitely not, I would say, not done enough to get into player of the year category, but I think has been very, very good this year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So now we move on to Mickey Macaloney. I think for me, Mickey goes into player of the year. I'll tell you why. Tell you why. Mickey has been our sort of driving force. And I've got to say, she's got to go down as the SWPL signing of the season. We were very lucky to get her from Spartans, especially like the season she had for them. She's a brilliant, promising young player. She could have easily have ended up at a Rangers or at a Celtic or at a Glasgow City, or she could have even ended up down south. Yep. But we got her and she's been brilliant for us. You know, she pulls the strings in midfield. She's got that football and brain. She's got that drive. She's got that aggression on the pitch. She's very direct. And she's obviously our third joint, third top goalscorer as well, 11 goals this season. Um, she's been banging the goals away, got a good few assists for us as well. I think it's just a shame she got that um, little knee operation when she did. I think she was really hitting her momentum. But then ever since she's been back for the knee operation, she's been brilliant. And yet for me, Mickey is one of our best players and she's a player we're very lucky to have as well um, it's as simple as that because like I said she could have easily have ended up at one of the Glasgow three or down south after the season she had for Spartans I think there's a big future for Mickey if she can keep it up with us um, so for me Mickey's got to go into the player of the year because of how influential she's been for us and that sort of directness and that sort of drive she puts in every game yeah totally agree mate I think um, definitely player of the year category for Mickey I think um Getting her tied down to the longer deal is, is massive as well. I think she'll she'll really come good. Um, not saying she's not already come good, but I think she'll become even better at Hibs. Yeah, 100%. So, player of the year for Mickey McElhone. We'll now move on to Rachel Boyle. Now, of course, Rachel Boyle, and I've actually just realised something here. Rachel Boyle got minutes for Scotland as well. So, I apologise to Rachel. It wasn't just Leah. I apologise to Rachel. Rachel got minutes against Ukraine and the Pharaohs and Sweden. So Rachel got three um, games for Scotland this season. I think for me, Rachel goes into the um, good category. 
And I know, obviously, she's been out at, for a long time now because of her pregnancy. But I think she goes into a good category because up until she obviously had to take that step back um, with her new baby, she's been her usual brilliant self. Rachel Boyle is a real... Uh, she's what Martin was, to be honest. Mm. And well, we're lucky we've still got her. It's as simple as that. And she's what Martin was. She's a solid, dependable player that you know is going to put in a good performance every game. And I think Rachel's just one of these players that gets what Hibs is about as well. Even though she's not, she's one of these rare players. Even though they're not a fan of the club, they get what the club's about. So Rachel's been with us for a very long time. She scored a derby goal, um, which you know, or two derby goals actually, which you know is keeping up with the the Boyle family tradition, scoring <laughs> derby goals, especially at Tynecastle. That uh, cross come shot um, that she scored in the uh, derby at Tynecastle. But for me, yeah, Rachel was good. Eight goals, um, and it would have been more, I reckon, if she hadn't of. Um, had to take the step back when she did. But yeah, Rachel um, did what she needed to do this season and she's a brilliant player, obviously very versatile, can play in midfielder, can play it right back. Um, so yeah, for me, Rachel goes into the good category and hopefully um, when she comes back from her pregnancy, we'll be seeing more out of her because even though she's one of these older players, she is a very solid, dependable, experienced head to have in the team. And she's a, yeah, she's just simply put an excellent player and um uh, to be honest, I think she's my favourite Boyle, to be honest, Rachel. Yeah, I would agree, mate. I think she's been she's been very good this year. I think and the I think she only played no, she played first half of the season before obviously announced that she's pregnant again. So I put her in good and um what a screamer she scored at fourth bank as well. Oh yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was an amazing goal. So it's just a shame. It's like I think that, that goal to me is a bit like Stevie Mallon's goal in the Derby, obviously Hickey scored yep. the winner, is that goal deserved so much more? You know, simply put, that goal deserved so much more. It was, it was outstanding, stunning goal. Um, but yeah, Rachel definitely goes in there for me because she's been brilliant um, for us this season. And it's just, like I said, unfortunately, she had to take the step back when she did um, because she would have scored more. And of course, she got those three games for Scotland as well. So now move on to Rhea McCafferty. And you know what? <laughs> this might be cheating a bit. But I'm going to put Ria in the average because I'm going to I'm going to say why I don't think Ria's played enough games for Hibs to be good. If we based it off of her, because what I was originally going to do, and people say that's just because you're friends with Ria. I was going to say I was going to put her in good because of the games she played. She was brilliant for Bayern. I would, have, I would have shut that down immediately if you put her there. <laughs> yeah, because obviously I would have been based it off her games for Bayern, which she was very good for Bayern. It's good in that screamer she scored against Queens Park in the cup, but. Yeah, I think for me, I think for me, Ria goes in average because even though she's not played that many games, any time she's played, she's been she's been solid. And I, I think especially since she every time she's come on for us recently, she's been played out of position. She's a central midfielder, but Dean sort of shifted her back into defence, and she's been like a duck to water with it. Because um, I think she's got those qualities to be a defender. She's very strong. She's also very, very versatile on the ball and very good on the ball. So for me, Ria's got to go on average because her loan spell was good. She came back, obviously, because Rachel left and we need to cover. In any game she's played or she's got minutes in, I think she's been she's been good. So, yeah, I'd put Ria on average. I think Ria's, with the right amount of game time and the right amount of, sort of coaching, I think Ria's going to be a very, very good player. Otherwise, if she was to leave, I think I'd be a bit devastated. Because I think she's a player that does have a future with us as a club. Um, but I would see if she wants to leave to get more game time. But yeah, for me, Ria's got to go to the average because I think any time she's played, she's been um, good enough. And obviously she had that good loan spell at Muir as well. 
Yeah, I would agree. Me, I think average is average at best for Real this year. I think um, not played enough to be good, but also I uh, spent a lot of the season on loan, so I definitely in the average for me. Yeah, so then we move on to Rosie Livingston, of course, our young star. Rosie um, was promoted to a full senior player at just 15 years old, which I think is outstanding. Yeah, that's amazing. If you think about Ailey, Ailey only really got that break when she was 16. Rosie's getting it when she's 15, so you can imagine how big of a career Rosie's potentially going to have. For me, you know what? I'm going to put I'm going to put Rosie in good. Or I'd put Rosie in good because getting to be in the a full professional first team player when you're so young. You've just got to go down as good. And she scored She scored two goals, obviously. She scored against Hamilton. <clears throat> she scored against um, St. Johnston in the Cup. She's obviously um, got a lot of skill on the ball, very quick, very direct. And also she got a fair few assists as well in the games that she got on. In. And so, and she, I think she got two or three assists in the one game as well. I, think I was pretty sure it was against Gart Cairn. So for me, Rosie's got to go into good bits because she's had that breakthrough. She's at such a young age and she's been good for us and she's really sort of put in a really good shift every time she's played and it's brilliant to see such a young player getting an opportunity as a full first team member. Yeah, totally, mate. I think good's probably fair for Rosie. I think um, every time she's played for Hibs, I think she's she's impacted the game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think even the 4-0 at Celtic Park, when she got on the ball, she was moving it well. Um, I, I think, especially being 15, like, not many fifteen-year-olds make it into their first team, so I think she's on for a, think she's on for a quality career at Hibs and wherever she goes after that. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Now we move on to Shannon McGregor. Obviously, Shannon um, came back from that two-year absence, um, and I think simply put, Shannon's been one of our best players after that. She's, we've spoke about it. We obviously spoke about it with Callum and Cat at Easter Road in the party game. Shannon McGregor's got that football in vain. Yep. She can spot the incisive passes. Um, she's very dangerous on the ball. She's direct, as I've said, um, for quite a few of these players. But said we're a very direct team. She's very direct, and she can, like, she can, she can just read a game really, really well. And anytime she's been brought on, and anytime she's started, she's she's been a game changer for us. Simply put, I think for me, she's been doing well as an impact sub. I think that's where she's more come on to a game a bit more there. But yeah, I, I think Shannon's just got to go in the good category, um, and purely because. You know, she's had that bounce back story and has quickly become again one of our best players. It'd be so easy after a two year absence, after a two year serious injury, to be like, I'm done with football. That's it. You know, I don't think I'll ever make it back. But the determination and the spirit that Shannon's shown has been fantastic. Like I said, she's been one of our best players ever since she's come back. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think good's, good's a fair reflection on our season. I think since she's come back, she's. Oh man, it's, it's like she's never been away. Um, I think she'll she'll definitely be more of a feature and star in the team next season. I would think. Oh, 100 percent, mate. Now that she's back and fully fit, I think she will be um, more of a feature and star. Now we move on to Siobhan Hunter, of course, our rock at the back. And the first uh, first of the women's team we interviewed this year exactly, as well. Exactly, our first interview um, with a women's team players a podcast as well, and also she's Hibs AF as well. <laughs> Um, I think for me, you know what, I'm, I, people might get controversial, people might get controversial, I'd put Siobhan in player of the year. I think she, she's she's definitely had one of those seasons, hasn't she? Uh, first of all, she's, uh, just about every game she's played, she has been our best defender on the park, and she just 
the way she's absolutely pocketed some of the best players in the country. She pocketed Kirsten Riley. She pocketed Jacinta. She's pocketed um, what's her name for Glasgow City? Chinchia, who, bear in mind, got the PFA Player of the Year. And, of course, how can we forget? And this is why she's Player of the Year. Scoring at Tynecastle, <laughs> the Lightful Hibs fan, knee sliding over to the Jambos and then shushing them when they're booing. It was glorious. <laughs> Absolutely glorious. So I think for me, Shiv's got to be player of the year because she's she's been so solid and also, like I said, knee sliding and shushing the Jambos at Tynecastle after scoring against them. It's player the, that's just not player of the year. That's, Hall of, that's the Hall of Fame stuff right there. That's Hall of Fame stuff. Never mind player of the year. That's Hall of Fame. That's yeah. build a statue outside Easter Road stuff. It's as simple <laughs> as that. In fact, we named the South Stand the Siobhan Hunter Stand so the Jambos have got to be there and reminded of it as well. Scott, I, I'm getting carried away now. Nah, but no, um, for me, Siobhan has got to go in the player of the year category because she's been outstanding. Aye, very. She's very, been solid. And yeah, so Charlie, your thoughts on Siobhan? Another quality season from our mayor. I think, um, you know, I think it's, it's probably well documented, as I've said a few times. This has probably been, this has been the first season that I've properly followed the women's team. Um, just because of the friendship that we've had and just you coming part of the podcast. It's been a first season. Of, and for me, Siobhan's definitely been one of our players of the year. I think that's um, that anything other than that would probably be a disservice to her. I think she's been, she's not, she's not put a foot wrong in most of the games. Like, I think, you know, I don't even know if there's been a game where she's been bad. You know, I think... <clears throat> even at the she come off the bench at the 4-0 at Celtic Park and was really good the derbies she loves she loves Hibs hates the hurts so you know you're getting um, Partick Thistle game quality fourth bank quality just every game I've seen her play this year been very very good yeah for me Siobhan's Siobhan's captaincy material it's as simple as that she's she's captaincy material she loves Hibs she gets what it means to play for the club and I think we've all heard her shout on the pitch before Anybody, and I think she's one of these players that if you don't follow the women's team that closely, you still know of Siobhan Hunter because of how good she is for us. I think games where she's not been playing, you can tell we've missed her as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be Siobhan and she's a great ambassador for the club as well um, in terms of how much passion she shows as a player and how much passion she shows for the women's game as well and the development of the women's game. So yeah, Siobhan's got to go in the player of the year category for me. And like I said, if Hibs are listening, Get that, get that Hall of Fame and that statue organised. <laughs> Knee sliding and shushing the jambos. Shutting the jambos up is always brilliant at Tynecastle. So, now we move on. Uh, last but by no means least, um, our third American, Tony Malone. And I've got to say, for me, Tony goes frustrating and she's not a ball hair away for being put in the poor. Because, and that's not against Tony as a player. It's because we never, she never got an opportunity. Never got an opportunity. Obviously, she came in with a lot of promising. Out of the three Americans, I was actually most excited to see Tony because she played for Vacker Innsbruck. I know the Austrian women's leagues quite well. Um, she played for Vacker Innsbruck and she was decent playing before she got injured. She got a bit homesick. Obviously, she couldn't speak English. A German, sorry. I don't know why I said English. <laughs> My mind's going at a million miles an hour. Here, eh? No, it's, it's um, aye, frustrating me. I think, um, you know, we obviously would have liked to have seen more of Tony play, but yeah. I think... Um, there's obviously a reason she's not playing, um, so I, I would say I would say frustrating. Say frustrating, and I think about any time she did play, um, aye, she's she scored twice. She like, scored twice. Obviously, she scored against United and she scored against Cairn. 
Anytime she did play, you could see the player that was there and you could see that player that was in Austria. Like I said, I mean, I watched a lot of her highlights reels from back in Innsbruck and she was brilliant for them. Just a shame she got, obviously she got a bit homesick there because she couldn't speak German and she was struggling to sort of fit into the culture and everything. Which is, a, you've got to bear in mind, she's only 25. 25 years old, moving from America to such a culturally different place as Austria. Must have been a big transition for her, but I ain't... Yeah, Tony was too good a player just to sit on the bench. I think it was, and I think we discussed this when she left, it was beneficial for both parties. Yeah. I mean, she was going to do, she wasn't going to contribute anything to us sitting on the bench, and it was going to hamper her development as well. So obviously, you know, I don't know whether she'll stay in the US or maybe look at going back to Europe, but I think Tony was a, a good player, but it's frustrating because she never got enough game time to prove that. And... Yeah, that was it. But any time she did play, she was she was decent enough. So, yeah, that concludes um, that concludes the tier maker. So I'll just uh, stop sharing the screen now. Aye, so that sort of brings us towards the end of our women's season review. So, Jack, last question or two questions before we finish. Um, so, first question. Um, obviously, we've just ranked everyone. So, who would be your player of the year? Probably Colette Kavanagh for me. Um, I think Cav's been Cav's been fantastic consistently. Like I said, she's got that skill, that flair, but she's got an end product there. And I've said it numerous times when we're talking about Cav there in the player rankings. But you can have these players that have all this skill, that have all this flair, but they have no end product mm. with it. Cav's got the end product, and um, yeah, she's she's brilliant. I've, I've got to say, Cav's Cav's been fantastic for us. Now she didn't get a Scotland call beyond me. So yeah, Cav's my player of the season. Of the year. Yeah, I I would say for me, I think it's uh, probably Ailey Adams. Um, I think just seeing how she's um, scored three against Hearts, I don't know if that's ever been mentioned before, but she loves a goal against them. <laughs> um, but no, just, just, just to see her develop as a footballer this year, I think, you know, bearing in mind she's only just turned 18, she's got a big future ahead of her. Um, so I think if Jack, if we had to give, if we had to make a, a podcast player of the year between Colette and Ailey, who would who would you go for? This is difficult because there'll be there'll be there'll be an award for this player. There will be an award. I'm gonna go for Cav. Nah, I think I think uh, I think I agree. I think um, Cav for player of the year. I think um, definitely definitely agree. So last question, Jack, and I'll answer this as well. Um, what's been your highlight following the women's team this season? My highlight was the 3-1 derby win at Tynecastle. I think the derby, the derby win at Easter Road was really special. That was a special night, and I'm sure Calvin will be going his dinger that I didn't say that because it was a big night for the podcast. Um, and we'll, but I, I think being in the hospitality took up because I had to actually behave myself <laughs> sitting there with all the dignitaries. I mean, Ann Budge was right behind me, which means I couldn't shout the usual things that I do when we play hearts. Um, but I think the thing is, the one at Tynecastle is a little bit more special because you were in the Rosebun stands, of course, the proper away end. Hearts fans were really, you know, they were doing the, they were doing the twirlies with the scarves and um, they were booing all our players and that made for a proper derby atmosphere. So obviously not many Hearts fans actually showed up to one at Easter Road. True. So we had a big, we sold out our allocation in the Rosebun upper. And of course, there was a few Hibs fans interspersed in the main stand at Tynecastle as well. And obviously, I had a big group of Hearts fans, and it just made for that really special atmosphere. And then, of course, Siobhan, the knee slide, the shushing. And at the end, that picture of me and Siobhan with the, the scarf. That's my favourite Hibs picture ever. 
because it was just like two Hibs fans celebrating a derby win. Because I think people know Siobhan's my favourite player and me, me and Siobhan talk a lot and I get on very, very well with Siobhan um, just beyond football because she's, of course, we're both massive hibbies. Um, and I think for me, that, that's got to be, it was just such a special night to celebrate a derby win at Tynecastle, which of course we never got to do for the men this season. Yeah. Um, of course, that, 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 we were on the wrong end of a 3-1 scoreline, the men, this season, whilst the girls were on the right end of it. Um, so I think for me that was just such a special night and it, it was all the jubilation and the um, feeling really really buzzing that walk back to Haymarket to get the train you know just all of it all of it felt like a proper derby because instead like I, I love being in with all the suits don't get me wrong but that's not where I'm comfortable in terms of being a football fan being in with all the normal crowd and feeling that energy of a derby at Tynecastle was just outstanding yeah I think for me it's um I think it's just the interviews that we've had with the players. I think just getting to getting to chat to some of the women's team, you know, like I said at the start, being the only podcast that does, you know, a full-on weekly segment on the women's team, providing more of a more of a focus to the women's team. I think it's been well received this year. I think, and just to see getting the women on, you know, the girls on the podcast or interviews talking about Hibs. It's just been class. Um, yeah. Definitely agree. I think the the suit night was quality, but it's not. It's not. Um, I, I didn't usually wear a, a suit to every time I go Easter Road, so that was a nice evening for us, us three, um, to be there together and just get to celebrate what we've done as a podcast. But I think over the course of the season, just getting to to interview some of the players and and obviously we'll have a f- we'll have a few more next season. Um, we've yeah. had a, we've had a few chats about getting more of them on, so. We'll have we'll definitely have that next year. Well, that that sort of brings us towards the end of our podcast for this week. We'll not be back later in the week. We're only we're doing one a, one a week over the over the summer period um, because there's nothing to talk about really because um, we've got a new manager and we've got some signings already. So, aye, well uh, we'll be back next Monday and uh, me Calvin and Jack will be chat what we're going to do. But until next time, come on the Hibs. <laughs>